We are Wrestling Elitist. I am Chris Scott Moore, joined as always with my fellow co-host, Papa Sean Gonash and Alex Gobbledygooker Gibson. What's up, boys? Uh, ooh, what a week. What a what an introduction. Papa Sean Gonash. Yeah, these weren't as good. Happens to the best of us. Yeah, jokes running a little thin. But okay, we got a lot of shit to talk about today, so we're going to dive into it. First, just want to say, again, genuinely appreciate you continuing to listen to the show. Last week was one of the highest streamed episodes in a long time. If you'd like to continue to support the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Please continue to support the show by sharing the podcast with fellow wrestling fans. Allow us to hit the holy grail of podcasting one day being popular enough so we can be sponsored by a soon-to-be-defunct erectile dysfunction pill. It's what we're aiming for. Follow us on Wrestling Elitist Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, visit our website at WrestlingElitist.com where we will be hosting some WrestleMania-related content in the week to the most stupendous two-day show of all time. Sean, why don't you give the folks a rundown of the format? We always give you our match of the week, moment of the week, news item of the week, uh, something that was a little cringy during the week, and then what we're looking forward to in the weeks and months to come. But this is a week where a pioneer of the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression Era gave us some some hard news to swallow, so we have to kind of lead off with that. Yeah, certainly do. So we found out that Triple H, uh, the seriousness of his heart issues, and he is going to retire was announced on uh, noted luminary and journalist Stephen A. Smith show. But Alex, I want to get to you. What were your thoughts on the news about Triple H? Well, first of all, it was a little weird that everybody reacted on social media like he died. <laughs> but uh, other than right. that, I, I think for me, it was it was weird because I remember even before when I was a kid and wasn't really watching wrestling, I knew who Triple H was. Um, he was just a name that that everybody knew. There's obviously the reign of terror that he went through, but really even back then I enjoyed Triple H still. Obviously I thought he was doing too much, but he look at the stars that he helped create guys like Randy Orton, Batista, and you know, he's had some other really good, good feuds out there. Um, Obviously I think um, his legacy is a little bit weird because, you know, he had that reign of terror, but then he brought us NXT, which I think, NXT, what it was in 2013, 2014, directly led to AEW. People can pretend that that's not the case, but that's what really helped grow the hardcore fan base. I still remember the first pay-per-view, the first takeover, Chris, that you watched uh, with uh, Sammy versus um, Neville. Neville, And you just like, oh my God, like you were, I remember how excited you were after that. And then we all kind of really started going down the rabbit hole more and more of Ring of Honor and New Japan and then led to where we are today. So Triple H has left a print on this industry uh, that I don't think gets stated quite enough. I think a lot of times people want to cut away some of his credit because who he married and act like that that's where he, why he got where he got. I mean, did that open some of the doors that he had? Yes, but he also still has a great mind for the business and has uh, has put on some incredible matches in his career. I think the saddest part of all of this is that he didn't get to go out on his own terms. He didn't get to have that last match knowing it was going to be his last match. Um, you know, obviously a lot of wrestlers, they have a last match and then they go to Saudi Arabia for a big payday. But I would have loved to have seen him be able to put somebody over as a, as a final thing, or especially with Cody right now, 
you know, most likely coming back. I think Cody versus Triple H would have been an easy feud to have had at some point. So it's kind of a shame that that won't happen. But grateful for the memories and and, and love Triple H. Um, and and looking forward to seeing what he does. You know, hopefully he gets healthy and he's still able to have a hand in the development of new talent. Yeah, Sean, your thoughts? Um, yeah, kind of the same thing as Alex. I, I can't remember the first instance or memory of wrestling that I have, but I remember Triple H being a prominent figure in my developing of a fan fandom. So it's sad to see. I, I recall so much of my childhood, but action figures with him. Um, he's someone who lasted so long that it's crazy to think that we're sad to see his retirement come so early, but he's had such a long career and fantastic matches. Um, sucks to hear how much went wrong and how close he was to death and thankful that he's just alive and with his family and still here. We left great things like NXT black and gold, like Alex said, definitely kind of set the the scene for now and it's going to have a lasting effect forever. Yeah. Good for him on having work-life balance. I mean, that's the, I think the best takeaway of this is that he values his life and he values his time with his family and he doesn't have some sad desire to have one last run brother and wanting to get back in the ring, especially with his, uh, was it the Philip Brader, the Philip, whatever the hell he's got in his heart. Like he shouldn't be fucking wrestling. And I'm glad that he acknowledges that and knows that he shouldn't be cleared and is not trying to get a payday in Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. And Alex, like you mentioned, his legacy is very firm because of what he did with NXT. Um, I saw this on Deadspin. They titled this article so perfectly. It was uh, he actually watched other wrestling, which is something Vince never had done. So it was great that he brought outside product knowledge and was catering to hardcore fans because he was a hardcore fan himself. Um, also, difference between him and Vince is that uh, he would show some of the interactions that he had with talent and his job is like a papa bear to all the talent and uh, spending time with them and, you know, doing stuff with them. So I like that he actually revealed that side because you want to know that these people care about each other too. And that it's not just a cold callous business where they just treat them like circus performers. So that part was always good to see with Hunter. Um, and yeah, glad that he has work-life balance and he doesn't want to work 90 fucking hours a week like Vince. Yeah, and that's something that's kind of very different from Vince, where he sort of loved the the wrestling side of it all. He was a clearly had the uh, Harley Race mentality of, and um, that's something you didn't really see with Vince. He's kind of trying to get away from that and put sports entertaining before everything. So at least we got something in that McMahon family that's wrestling blood. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to what our match of the week was. Alex, what was your match of the week? It was what let off the week of wrestling really for us on Dynamite. Uh, CM Punk uh, facing Dax Harwood. I think when you look at Dax, <clears throat> you obviously think FTR. You think tag team wrestler. But every time he's had a chance to do some single stuff, it makes me want him to have some sort of a singles run, which I doubt he'll ever do. I feel like him and Cash are too joined at the hip. I don't ever want to see those two like break up. But I, I love whenever we get to see like singles Dax. Um, you know, last, last week we talked how we feel like these two are just right now trying to cater to, uh, Brett. He's a scared little kitten. We want to, we want to get him out from under the bed. And I feel like that match did such a good job of doing that. It was just beautiful. And I think, you know, kind of an older, older school kind of style wrestling match, something that you don't see on AEW all the time. 
you know, it was a very much, very much like when you, when people talk bad about AEW, they think, you know, there's only the guys who do the flips and stuff like that. The, you know, the young bucks, the Dante Martins and stuff like that. And I felt like this was just a really, really good match uh, that could have played in front of a lot of different audiences and everybody would understand how good it was. Right. Um, I'm also of the mind now that I a hundred percent believe that Pinnacle and Punk will be teaming up to form some sort of a, uh, a faction next. I don't know. They have to have a young person. I don't know who that'll be right now. I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on who you would pair with them. I think we know Brian Pillman Jr. will definitely not be that based on uh, CM Punk's interactions with yeah. him on Twitter. Um, but then also having yeah. Brett as kind of their their leader or something like that. What, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, quick, quick shot off the head. Uh, Lee Moriarty said he was like kind of Ooh. Uh, raised by him and chose a straight edge lifestyle because of him. So maybe. Serena would fit well with uh, Bret Hart <laughs> stable. <laughs> definitely. She always would. Yeah. So uh, for me, that was a, that was a solid three star match. I, I could have flexed it up to a four to be honest. Um, but uh, I just, I want to see them every, every time. And and I just want to say, we've talked about it with punk already, but I'm so impressed with how good he's been since he's come back. I think it's really impressive that he left wrestling and also hated wrestling for a while when he left and has come back and been able to put on such high quality stuff since he's returned. And he's made old school wrestling popular again as well. It's not just um, the independent in independent, the independent style of wrestling. He's actually doing something old school. This felt like watching 87 Brett versus 91 Brett. That's what I kept thinking in my mind. It's like, oh, there's like Brett at different eras wrestling each other. And yeah, you should have gone to four stars. This was a four star match, you fool. This was amazing. Love this shit. I was completely uh, bought into Dax winning with that uh, inside cradle. I thought he had it. That was a very, that was one of the best uh, false finishes, two counts that I've ever seen. I got completely suckered into that. Um, even the sharpshooter at the end, I thought there was a chance there. I like how they're teasing FTR going to a face side. You notice cash comes out, but he doesn't interfere, doesn't cheat, which is different from what they normally do. They just had a classic old school match that was so again, Bret Hart focused in the tribute to Brett and a way to get him to come out for the Owen Hart tournament. They did a great job. Punk did a lot of old spots that Brett would do. Well, they both did spots that Brett would do. Um, and it fit into something again that he would have done in various eras uh, before he got the big belt in 92. So I love this match. I thought it was one of the unsung classics of the year. And uh, I just love that these two guys are having such a good time together and their Twitter thing. They said to each other of like, who likes Brett more and <laughs> that weird little interconnected little bit they had was fucking great. Uh, again, always awesome to see punk have a good time. Sean, what was your match of the week? Um, yeah, it was just cool to see those little little cat treats put out for Bret Hart to kind of just saunter on in and scoop up. And yeah, they're definitely uh, pushing for that FTR face turn with uh, the ass boys kind of being front row and stirring up the shit. But I'm going a little different. I'm taking it all the way down to Japan. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. had a fantastic run throughout this, this week to win the New Japan Cup. And it kind of started off with a match against Will Ospreay. Just... You can easily forget how good of a wrestler Zack Sabre Jr. is, but you watch one match and he just amazes you. He's possibly probably the best mat wrestler currently right now in in my eyes. Uh, there's a 
nice little the way it ended spoilers for everyone i don't care about it uh will osprey might have fake tapped not really tapped because his, his leg was in a little precarious position while he's going for another choke just fantastic red shoes just bought it some little fuckery at the end but he was gonna break your leg it was awesome um there was a sequence of like rolling pin attempts by them both and oftentimes in wrestling we see this and it just looks so uh choreographed planned and all this but they both did just such a great job never really a fan of will osprey but definitely give him his credit in this match and always love when he uh eats the pin so it's good to see it go if you haven't seen it watch this whole new japan cup tournament another another win for zach saber jr so that's it's two for the the uk boy yeah, I haven't watched it. We'll hopefully get a chance during the downtime during this week to be able to check it out. But we have a lot of shit on the docket for wrestling related content this week. Uh, yeah, good to see Zack Sabre Jr. win the gold or gold cup, win the New Japan Cup. Uh, he just, again, seems like such a legit guy. Like he probably could just fuck you up if he wanted to put like a hold on you, even like a worked wrestling movie. It just seems like he could legitimately kill you uh, with one of his holds. And yeah. Uh, Always comes across as very, very real in the ring. Okay, let's move on to moment of the week. Alex, what was your moment of the week? Mine came from Rampage, which I don't feel like I usually have a Rampage moment of the week. So it was uh, at the end of the Ricky Starks and Swerve match. Starks gets the win, which I I love the Rochambeau. That's a beautiful finisher, and I feel like it's the name I don't care for, but uh, everything else uh, is <laughs> like to be seen. <laughs> um, but you know, they, they come out the he, Ricky has his, his boys bringing out the, the banner. You see someone's feet kind of like under or like behind the banner. And all of a sudden those feet go flying. And then uh, Keith Lee comes crashing through, breaks up the party. Uh, and then, you know, starts, starts to have brawl between team Taz swerve and, uh, Keith Lee, I uh, really enjoyed it. I think that they're doing a good job of making Keith Lee exciting to watch, seeming like a monster. He made powerhouse Hobbs look small when they were battling each other. That was wild. Um, so just, it was a, it was a good time there. I think that they're really doing a good job. Like it feels kind of like right now, I don't know if you remember back when they first made um, SmackDown live, uh, live again. And they were like, this is the house that AJ Styles built it's kind of starting to feel like Rampage is Ricky Starks' show, which I, I don't mind at all. I love Ricky Starks, so I'm excited. To, first of all, I was happy to see him pick up the win, and then also to kind of see this going on. Like This seems like it's they're starting to really make this a, a true feud, whereas a lot of times on Rampage, it feels like it's just kind of like side stuff, where it feels like this is kind of leading Rampage right now. So enjoyed that. I just thought it was a good spot um, in terms of like the way they did it. And um, my only complaint is, once again, it's one of those things where like, Taz is at the like the guy the booth guys are all right there so they saw Keith Lee behind that banner the whole time that he was there and never said anything until he crashed through it, which is kind of a weird thought but that's just me being stupid and picky <laughs> that's for <laughs> that's you using common sense fuck you you're not supposed to do that in wrestling <laughs> uh, I love Rampage that's one of my favorite shows it's always a highlight for me to watch yeah it's not the most it's not storyline driven and heavy and everything isn't so uh, consequential to a pay-per-view build, but I just love it as an hour of wrestling. I think it's a great show. And yeah, they do kind of seem to rotate who's getting the feature. It's Ricky Starks and team Taz's show right now. I think before it was an Adam Cole show. 
It had times and it was an Orange Cassidy show. It does kind of float around and you see some guys have cycles of kind of leading the charge. I think that makes sense to figure out what works in ratings and what's a program for the future. What did you think real quick, though, of Swerve dropping one? Was that a miss or a hit or was it fine because the match was good? I thought it was fine personally, especially because it wasn't a clean when, you know, Hobbs did get involved. I, I'm see, I, I think it's weird because as a fan, otherwise, when I know that every single time a new person comes in, they're going to win their first five, 10 matches or whatever like that. Yeah. That's not that enjoyable to me. I'd rather see you get creative with the way they're losing or, or whatever. So I had no problem with it personally. Yeah. I'm sick of seeing undefeated streaks myself. So I was actually kind of a, a, like a, delighted to see that which was, i didn't want to see him lose in fear in theory but i do like not having five guys that are currently undefeated going at it because that's a bit much yeah and that's like a trope they've used quite a bit quite recently and it's just it's getting old nice to do it continues the story and adds people in who are keith lee and hobbs to this situation in great moments we're gonna have keith lee who is like you said he's just perfect with facial expressions and in that moment where he just pops through the the banter there just use him for his perfections and that's the best way to do it my moment of the week i think comes from dynamite i don't think it was on rampage uh wheeler yuda wants to be the best wrestler he can be not the best friend he can be and that's perfect that and there's a little backstory on to why he was actually in the whole thing i feel like i remember him being kind of touted as the trainee of Chuck uh, Chuck Taylor there, but he just didn't fit. There was a lot of passion in there. Like I like Trent even getting in his face too. Like, I never liked you. I don't want you here. So all around it was just quick, good, and easy, and hopefully this does lead to a, a new member in that uh, Blackpool Combat Club, whatever Moxley called it. So just fun. Get a little more backstory into the, the person who is Wheeler Yuta, not just this dude who comes out in subway line pants. I would like it if you had stopped slandering the pants, uh, <laughs> but I agree. I, I that was a that was a close second for me in moment of the week because I'm just really excited to see him get more personality. It's funny because best friends are such a they're you know the two main core of it, and even I guess if you count Orange Cassidy, but I was I was thinking more so between Trent and Chuck Taylor. They both have so much personality, but really they just kind of come out every week, fight with kind of the top heels that are going on, and then you know, rinse, recycle, repeat. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, Wheeler Yuta get a chance to maybe be a little bit more serious, but also truly show off his wrestling ability and be with two, two, two big stars that can hopefully elevate his game. Yeah. Don't you think Sean, he would be so much more over if he wore CM Punk's long boy tights, those long legs, you need trunks. That's the way to go. (laughs) Never Actually, gonna no, that let pro- that. That'd go. probably be weird. That'd be like foot long coney dogs uncooked. So yeah, put them in <laughs> pants. <laughs> I do I'm like gonna... that they're starting to break up these stables though, and it does need to go and need to have some uh, different people in them. So it's nice to see some changes. I remember Tony Khan referenced that after Revolution, there was going to be some changes in storylines and some things starting and uh, ratcheting up, and so they've done a good job of that so far. I think that that's a really that that's one complaint that I've had about New Japan is I feel like Bullet Club isn't Bullet Club anymore. Can we get rid of that? Or all you their know, fucking stables are yeah. so stale. Yeah, there's exactly. not a single like, one that the, isn't the, not stale as fuck. Overwatch. Yeah, they're all the same thing when we first started watching New Japan, and they they just 
and like I know that there's like, been like breakoffs, you know, when they remember the firing squad within the bowling bullet club and obviously the elite and all that stuff. Just start fresh. Happy yeah. to break off, start a whole new thing. Um, so I, I do enjoy that they've been doing that slowly and, and breaking things up. The pinnacle breakup still seems a little weird to me because it's we're unsure, and I know we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, I have been enjoying them kind of just hitting refresh on a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, I've been enjoying Rampage as well. So that was my moment of the week. Um, not a big moment, but I just kind of like this Wally Coyote Roadrunner relationship that's going on right now. It's QT Marshall and Hook. Uh, I like that Hook wasn't an idiot and he was able to just smash his face through the little certificate. Hook has continued to be booked like a great baby face. He's not like, you know, ricochet and getting held down. And that's why he gets defeated it it just it's not a silly out for everything that he does to keep a storyline going um he looks like a tough legitimate threat so i enjoy that they're doing good work with him and he's unsusceptible to curses from danhausen as well just shows how strong he truly is i think one kind of cool thing about the the danhausen part where he the curse didn't work on him is when you see in, in wrestling, the heel always overreacts to things, right? So like that's what Orange Cassidy works because it pisses off the heel so much that he puts his hands in his pockets. And that's kind of, it gets in their head. And like in my mind, like canon wise, I'm like, Dan Housen's curse is actually, he just gets in your head, right? So, but Hook just has this mind where he doesn't care. He's He's got a one track thing. I feel like I'm probably overthinking it. But to me, that's the way that it kind of makes it seem a little bit more realistic with the Dan Housen curse stuff is he's just like, well, I don't actually care about the curse, so it doesn't affect me. It's Michael's secret stuff. If you don't believe in it, it can't hurt you. (laughs) All right, well, let's go into our cringe of the week. I think we all had this one across the board. Sammy and Tay Conte. Yeah, the whole internet. internet What is there to say? (laughs) (laughs) It's been, uh, we've, we've been talking about it for a while, like how Sammy, they, they just, they don't know how to make him likable. And I think that they found the way to make him even less likable, which is pretty wild because he hasn't been a great face since he turned face. And then pairing him with Ty Conti, who is in any other time is like super easy to cheer for fun to watch. She's it's been great to watch her go from like when she joined AEW or when she was in NXT to what she's doing now, she's actually really improved. I think, um, it's been kind of a weird thing to see them together and the internet rejected them right away because like internet drama that we don't really care about, but to then double down on that and then have them making jokes about, um, performing sexual activities with the TNT title that Dan Lambert had just kissed. Super weird. (laughs) That's that it feels like they borrowed that from Bruce Pritchard. You know, that doesn't seem like a AEW storyline or like line. Um, can't believe that it made it through. I'm interested to see if they switch something here because how are they supposed to be the baby faces in this feud with men of the year? I don't yeah. think anybody's cheering for them at this point. So it'll be interesting. Do they just kind of do like a double switch here, especially with the LA trip coming and Scorpio sky being, TNT champion do they want to is that kind of what this is going to cause uh, or do they just double down on it and try to see what they can do I yeah I don't really have anything to say from a critique standpoint other than they just they're not likable and if they were heels at least then you would be like 
Okay, well, I get it, I guess. Uh, somebody on Reddit said uh, that was a lot more Corey and Carmella than it was Edge and Lita. And I don't think I could sum it up any better than that. That's pretty spot well, on. Uh, uh, you, you, have you watched? Because, I mean, that could be a compliment <laughs> if you ask some people who have to review it. But uh, no, yeah, it's. I feel kind of, I kind of feel bad for Ty Conti because you go from being a contender for the AEW Women's Champion and the TBS Championship and great matches, all, all of them. And now you're just this wrestler who bangs on the TNT title. This doesn't seem right. Why would you ever bang on a title? Makes no sense. Um, I'm sick of it. It doesn't really do anything to progress any good storyline in AEW. The follow-up photo, the fact that they like went out of their way to also take a photo to put online for it, I think that's the cringiest part. Like that they were like, we just want to make sure you understood what our joke was. Yeah. Penis and vagina, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was a maybe in a different landscape or different forum, that would have been a decent line, but not in pro wrestling. It was just kind of gross. Uh <laughs> I don't understand how someone could watch from afar Cody and Brandy and go, you know what? That's the void I want to fill as a baby face. Like, how the fuck could you think that would be a way to go to present yourself as a face? It's just very curious and, again, tone deaf and weird. Um, you know, I yeah, I think um, on a more serious note, um, I do have like, uh, and this sounds like hot takey, but I do feel weird for them in the sense of I hope some fan doesn't overstep their boundaries and they because they blurred lines between fiction and reality that some fan doesn't think, oh, because they express their sexuality on Twitter through kayfabe, that that gives them a right to hack their shit or step. I don't know. Just be weird with them online. I th- you, you see, you saw things with Paige. You saw things with Sonya Deville. Like, I hope there's not just some creepy fan who takes it too far and doesn't get that. It's an evolving storyline. I think they have to pivot. sounds like they are going to be pivoting based on Ty Conti's tweet today or yesterday or whatever the hell. So I hope, um, some fan just doesn't go in a weird direction with it and take it personal because people got way into them when they first started dating and were weird and just awkward. Yeah, we've seen very, very recently and plenty of times before with wrestlers as well that when you let people in on your relationship, when you're in a celebrity status, it it gets pretty weird and things don't always go the way you kind of plan it to be. And you end up looking very cringy on TV and all over the internet. I do just want to add that it is kind of weird that they're going in on this when Sammy just proposed to his like his ex on television like six months ago. That is a little bit of a weird part to me too, where I'm like, could we not? Because like I think that that's also a part of it that just kind of makes it odd of like, now they're this couple that's like putting it on TV. Yeah. That, I think that's what makes weird fans be weird though about it too, is they like have a weird judgment and they think like, yeah, wh- how dare yeah. you do that? And it's like, oh, who fucking cares or knows or whatever. Yeah. yeah I think it, I'm, I, I don't care about like what happened between him and his, like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm sh- whatever. It's whatever. It's just weird that they specifically had him propose on television and then all of a sudden are pivoting to this. It just seems like I don't I'm not like trying to like victim blame, but like they're inviting these crazy fans to like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I agree. Yeah, as I think they're um, 
I'm worried that they're subconsciously um, dog whistling to just crazy fucking people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Le- you're leaning into the crazy. So let them let them fuck in private. Let them do their thing. You don't need to you don't need to tweet about it. Personally, I didn't know that they were married, so I didn't know they could be doing that kind of stuff already. But wow, <laughs> damn! <laughs> I bet you they actually do sleep in different bedrooms. Anytime he goes and visits <laughs> the grandma in Brazil or wherever the fuck, like they sleep in different rooms. <laughs> uh, God, let's hope so. All righty, let's get into what we're anticipating and the week ahead. Alex, you've got a lot on your mind. I, it's a fluid anticipation because obviously we have. WrestleMania weekend or week, we're going to be heading out uh, in two days here. But I think I would be remiss if I didn't make my anticipation seeing who the debut is this week on Dynamite for the uh, women's qualifier match. So uh, Tony Khan announced, I believe it was on Friday, right? That uh, there would be a new debuting female talent that would be facing the bunny to qualify for the Owen Hart tournament. And who could it be? There's, uh, There's a couple of different options. So I think Tony Storm just became a free agent officially, right? Yeah. Uh, there's Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon. Um, I think there's probably a few others that I'm not thinking of, but um, those are the two that stick out in my mind of who I think it could be or who I would want it to be. So I'm really excited to see it. I'm excited to see them kind of treat a debuting female wrestler as like a as a as a big deal. I know obviously we've had jokers and a couple of the different. Uh, battle Royals when we had Mercedes Martinez uh, originally um, debut. And then obviously uh, Ruby Soho, but like to actually do the whole, like we have a debuting talent coming this Wednesday. I just think it kind of shows them taking it a little bit serious. So I'm excited to see how it goes, how they present this person. I actually am of the mind that I think if I have to put money on it, I think it's going to be Tony storm debuts for this. And then I think, uh, Athena will be when Jade hits her 30 and 0. Uh, I think she will then come in and challenge her for her TBS title. You took the words right out of my fucking mouth. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen as well. And I think, too, I love how Tony did the I think he is going all in because he did the surprise of a surprise. Like, here's a surprise Friday. I'm going to announce something the next time. <laughs> so, you know, he's all worked <laughs> up about what it's going to be. And I think he's got, yeah, two for one. And uh, we're going to see some good shit. Anything else that you're anticipating, Alex? Yeah, then uh, the big thing for me right now is uh, FTR and the Briscoes. We ended up yeah. kind of last minute picking up those tickets to go see Supercard of Honor. That card looks amazing. We're going to be at the New Japan show 30 minutes away. Uh, and we're going to we're trying to time out when we can leave so that we can make it to the Supercard of Honor show in time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I'm I'm stressed about it because I you know how Tony Khan works. He's going to start off with a banger of a match too, so I want to make sure that we're not missing anything big there. But uh, that match, you know, we've been waiting for it. I think this is the perfect way for it to happen. Is under Tony Khan, um, Tony Khan's you know umbrella. He gets to kind of control it so that we can make sure that FTR still looks good. The Briscoes will still look good. Um, I have a feeling the Briscoes won't be associated with the Ring of Honor much longer. So my money is on FTR winning, but cannot wait to see that match live if there was ever a time for a matt taven match that would be the time that you start with that you let that go long and just give us your lips to god's ears because yeah i'm not (laughs) i don't want to miss jay white to see matt taven happen that's i would die faster what a cruel hand of fate that would be (laughs) 
Oh. I'm going to be so heartbroken leaving if we have to leave before Jay White versus uh, Speedball. That's going to be such a good match. Yeah. And have you, have you guys ever seen Jay White wrestle live? No, I have not. I've seen him as a, like a, a young boy, but never. Yeah, you yeah. saw him before he was Switchblade, right? Yeah, when he was like the just the like Kiwi. He had the black pants and or black trunks and stuff. and No facial hair. Yeah, just a young boy, but... Here as long as mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to some uh, some mania plot holes and match fill-ins to come from WWE. There's, I think, Seth Rollins uh, released a little video for his meeting with uh, Vince McMahon this morning. Finally, so we'll see what that leads to. Uh, there's a lot to go. I think there's been some speculation on Omos needing to have a backup opponent because Bobby Lashley might not be there healthy in time so lot to lot to fill in a lot of time on our schedule to fill with a lot of a lot of fluids if you know what i mean so i just can't wait for the week so this is a before i get into mine aren't you kind of glad though that it's wrestlemania season and there's so much shit they have to do so vince can't be tempted to do a chris rock and will smith thing with like fucking shelton and coco beware like if it was like in december <laughs> and he would be bored you know he'd be like goddamn pal, mm-hmm. here's what we're gonna do don't tempt him you he might be skipping a little a leg day and hitting the book you know oh, there'll gonna, be there'll be something at mania oh yeah there's going to be something. And if like, thank God Lawler and uh, JBL aren't on commentary because they would just get their little boners so hard having to make a joke about Will Smith. Like they couldn't help it. Oh yeah. I'm oh, sure we'll yeah. get some really bad joke tonight. That is not good at all. Okay. Here's what I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating to see what happens with pinnacle 2.0. Uh, we've, we've noticed that FTR is coming to the face side i think they'll get kicked out or expelled or move away from the group and split up uh we saw jay lethal uh bemoan that he's losing so much and that it was because of cheating so i wonder if he's gonna go to the dark side and join uh the pinnacle i also could see um ethan page and scorpion sky jumping over there too and splitting off with dan lambert maybe and then also, I think Brian Cage, if he is truly resigned, will be the heater and backfill Wardlow. That's my guess. I wouldn't really love Brian Cage in the pinnacle for whatever. I wouldn't either, I just, but I think that could happen. I, I, I don't really <laughs> love Brian Cage being in <laughs> AEW, to be honest. Uh, but I, I do I do like the idea, and I, I didn't put those connections. Obviously, when I saw the Jay Lethal promo, I obviously thought that that sounded like he's thinking that he needs to, he needs to turn heel. Um, I would love to see him involved in the pinnacle. I think that that would be, especially with like his whole macho man kind of, you know, stuff or, or even his Ric Flair impressions. I think that that'd be kind of fun to have him in there and, and see him get, get to be a part of, uh, you know, MJF squad. So that would be good. Uh, as far as the heater though, I don't know who else they would really go with unless they've got another big guy that I can't think of. I I actually want to see if they're doing all these, they're doing all these breakups of different um factions can we get a breakup of the dark order soon because i would love to see 10 be that you know let him go be a actual monster oh yeah pride and joy of michigan baby cmu uh, i i'd be interested i i kind of wonder too if you could almost run with like a, a kind of stable that's not as big as pinnacle used to be if you just have mjf a, a heater a big guy maybe a, a a man for hire like uh we've mentioned uh the butcher and the blade are kind of just 
mercenaries for hire. Butcher would would be a great heater to just come in at random moments. You keep Sean Spears to be your, your chairman. And uh, who knows? Just run with it. Hear me out. Remember when Jeff Cobb came in? As yes. A, oh, God. Oh. Yes, definitely. If he wasn't part of that awful Will Ospreay faction. Hey, Commonwealth. MJF did prop out Great Ocon. Maybe that's the guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the best fucking interview ever. I loved how he just completely just trolled everyone in that. <laughs> and then that they still printed it like headlines oh, that were true. No cap. That was hilarious. I love that. So yeah, who knows where what they're going to do with that? I think they've got a couple of weeks for that twin veil. I don't know who their manager type is going to be too with totally gone. Um, I think they may f- get rid of some managers. Like, you notice Jake isn't doing anything with Lance Archer. Maybe it's time for him to go or just maybe at least join house of black. Um, oh, I know what they could do for a heater. Oh my God. This is great. You know what I'm talking about? No. Well, oh. No. Yeah, make him no. get that start choke mm. slamming people. Yeah. Oh no. No more BS. He's sick of it. No more. <laughs> That's uh, just what the world needs. More big show. Yeah. Paul White. Paul White. God, I hope they lure him away with a Hall of Fame promise. <laughs> Wouldn't that be such a great troll though by MJF to have it be Paul Paul White be this his heater? Oh Christ. That's actually a brilliant idea. He should do that. I I'll mean, clip no, that and that send it to ter- him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll love to listen to me pontificate about that. Oh, brother. Okay, well, that'll wrap it up for this week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. Visit WrestlingElitist.com for latest match reviews and articles. And again, please help support the show by giving us a five-star review wherever you stream your podcast and share us with your friends that are also wrestling fans as well. Richard Rude, hit the music, baby. Hit the music.